Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, now that I'm thinking about that, to all of you. And, yeah, we are back to the book of Acts. Got a few more weeks on that. Just to get everybody caught up, or if you're brand new to all of this, um, the book of Acts is the story of how God, I should say, it's the account of how the early Christians um, spread the church throughout much of the known world. So it goes like this. Uh, Jesus was born and grew up and and taught a lifestyle, and then he claimed to uh, give a ransom or provide a ransom on the cross, meaning he was paying for your sins and my sins, and said forgiveness comes through faith in that sacrifice. That's how we're made right with God. Um, After dying on the cross, the Bible says that Jesus was raised to life again and told his followers, now you go and take this good news into all the world. And so the book of Acts is how they took the message of Jesus and the lifestyle of Jesus and spread it throughout the world. So um, this morning, what we're going to do is is talk about the power of, of a story in that spread. In other words, there was this guy named Paul, and he was, I think, indisputably the human being who did the most for God's kingdom. And one of the things that motivated him, and one of the things that he uses throughout the book of Acts, is his own personal story of how God changed him. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to learn from Paul's story and talk about how we can use that in our own life for our story. Because here's what I really hope that we can all move more and more and more into places of using our story to do something for God. So it's like this, a biography. Biographies are huge. Like if you go into a bookstore or you go into the library, there's like a whole wall of biographies. And biographies being the story of what someone else accomplished with their life. Like they did it and were amazed by them. Any favorite biographies? People don't read. This was like this in the first service, too. What's, I know that some of you have read biographies. Any favorites? Ronald Reagan. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Herb. Um, Ronald Reagan, I know like I, one of my favorites is Team Arrivals, which is Abraham Lincoln. Great book. George Washington, A Life. That was a great book. My favorite one is called Endurance, and that's by a guy, uh, Ernest um, Shackleton. And, and so, that uh, Endurance, great book for you to read this winter. It's like a cold book because it's a real-life guy who had 20-something uh, people on his ship going through um, polar waters and was shipwrecked and lived on an iceberg for like months and months. And, and just a fascinating story. So there's biographies, and when you people learn to read, you'll read them. <laughs> or just watch the movie, yeah, yeah. I was going to cross that part out because the same thing happened in the first service, but I thought, no, this is a more cultured service. (laughs) So that's a biography. There's a biography and then there's a God story. And the churchy way to say God story is testimony. And a testimony doesn't, a biography is this is what I accomplished. A testimony or a God story is, it's almost like here's what God did in spite of me. It's being able to articulate in your own life. It's, this isn't what I did. This is about what God did. 
And I believe that your God story is far more interesting than your self story. And I believe that's true in the general population, that God's stories are just much more interesting. Even if it's a failure, the person who stretched in faith and tried something for God. Uh, another, another book, you know, the things with pages in it. Um, there's an author, I'm just kidding. There's an author, Donald Miller, great author, uh, wrote a book, and in this book he, he's, he's talking about your own uh, life story, and, and he said, would you want to go see a movie about a guy or a woman who wanted a Volvo, and they saved up their money, and they bought a Volvo? Like, that's what the movie was about. That would be a pretty lame movie, right, if it was just two hours of a person saving up for a Volvo, and then they buy it. No, we wouldn't go see that movie. But yet, a lot of times, that's what we make our life story about. Like, I just want that promotion, and I'm working hard, and then you get the promotion. And we have a lifetime of, of those kinds of little temporary things. It, it, but when we look at the God story, we're living in the eternal. And so that's what we're talking about today. What is God doing eternally in you, and how can you use that to help inspire other people because I believe this I believe that what God is doing in your life or has done in your life is the greatest tool to use to help people whether they be far from God or even encouraging and helping people in the church to grow God can do a lot through what he's done in you already and he has done things in you and so it's about learning to articulate your story in ways that connect with other people and, and bring them along. And I don't care whether you're a teenager or whether you're elderly, God can use your story to do things in the world around you. And it's the best thing he has going in your life to help him do that. All right, let's talk about the Apostle Paul. I want to, before we talk about the first question to ask yourself and how it relates to the book of Acts, I want you to, I want you to get very real with these questions here. Number one. Am I living for a biography or a testimony? Am I living for a biography or a God story? Is my life about me? Am I wanting people to be impressed with me and what I do or what I have done? Or am I living in a way that others would be impressed with Jesus and what he's done for me? Or in spite of me. So what's your, where are you starting from? Is your life about what God is doing in you? Or, hey, look at me and what I'm accomplishing. So start there and be very real with that answer. All right, first question is we talk about our story. What was your life like before Jesus? What was your life like before Jesus? Now, I don't want to assume that you're a follower of Jesus. I don't know everybody's story in here. And, and there may be some of you that are very far from God, and I don't want to exclude you. But what I'd say you start with is, what's gotten you here? Like, what's going on in your life that has made you want to seek Jesus? Because you're here, probably not for the free coffee. You can get that anywhere. You're here because there's something you're trying to connect with. So what is it that's maybe missing? Figure that out and be able to articulate that. And for others of you who are followers of Jesus, or even like on the first rung of the spiritual ladder, you're asking, what was life like apart from any of this? Maybe you come from 
a family where you never felt loved from your parents, or maybe there was abuse. Maybe you're at a place or were at a place where you didn't feel any acceptance from, from friends or, or you know, just some social rejection. Maybe you came from poverty. Maybe you, you came from uh, addictions, things like that. So you're thinking about where have you come from? Now, let's talk about Paul. He's also called Saul in the book of Acts. And, and this is his story. So this is Acts 22. He says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I stuttered. <clears throat> I stuttered. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of the way, that is Christians, to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As the high priest and all the council can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from them to, in their, to their associates in Damascus to go to Damascus and went there to bring Christians back as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. So this is Paul, leader in the early church, saying, before all of this, I was an evil person. Paul tells him, before I knew Jesus, I was like the opposite of who I am today. Rather than build the church, I tore it down. I was God enemy number one. He hated Jesus. And he hated the idea of Jesus. And he hated the teachings of Jesus. He grew up Jewish and as a defender of Judaism. He arrested parents and children and grandparents. He had families ripped apart. He did whatever he could to destroy the very thing that he was now advocating that people believe. He wasn't proud of this, but it was an important part of his story. If you were to have asked Christians back then, who is the biggest enemy on the planet to the church? They would have immediately said, Saul of Tarsus. He even drinks from a red cup and puts Xmas on his Christmas storage containers. He's that evil. What were you like before Jesus? There is tremendous power in knowing your story. There's tremendous power for you to change and help others around you when we know and can articulate our story. I want you to think about just about any hero movie you've ever seen. <clears throat> There's probably some element of somebody shaping the hero with their own personal story. Remember the Titans, Rudy, Gladiator, whatever. You can find those scenes where somebody says, wait, don't do it like that. Let me tell you about my story. And that changes the course of the rest of the movie. And then you think about your life and maybe some great changes that you've made. It very well may have originated that change from you hearing something or learning something from somebody about their story. And someone had the courage to speak into your life from their own past mistakes and changes 
and everything's different because of it. There's, there, there may be a desire to hide the old stuff, but if we're willing to authentically talk about who we were, there's tremendous potential for God to use that to change other people. The second part of the testimony or God's story is this. How did your view of Jesus change? So first, life before Jesus. Then, how did Jesus change you or how did your view of Jesus change? This is where we center in on the difference that Jesus really makes. It's going from here's where I was to here's me now. And this can can focus on either life before Jesus or even if you've been walking with God for a long time, here are the specific changes that God made in my life. And there's power in that. Let me give you an example. Like I, one of our friends at Polaris is, is Big Cleve, and, and he can stand up, grew up in the streets of Cleveland, in gangs and, and, you know, shot at people and was shot at and stabbed and all that stuff. That's not me, okay? I grew up in Maslin and was a Methodist my whole life and a mama's boy and you know just I don't have near that story but what I can say is as a follower of Jesus I spent the first 10 years in ministry not caring about the poor not caring about under-resourced I mean I might have said I did but I there was no evidence and then God changed that in me And now I like to believe I can point to some things that God has done in my life to show that I do care. And if I can stand in front of some other pastors and say, listen, I once was here, but God did this. There's tremendous power for impact in getting people to where you are. So whether it's before Jesus or maybe something God has done in your life, be aware of those times, the before and the after, And then be willing to articulate that. So here's Paul. About noon. So he sets it up with, I was this bad guy. About noon, as I came near Damascus, so he's on his way to Damascus to do what? To arrest Christians. Suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me and I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you, whom you are persecuting. My companions saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice. What shall I do, Lord? Get up, the Lord said. Go to Damascus, and there you'll be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand of Damascus, because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. And he stood beside me and said, Brother Saul... Receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and see the righteous one, that's Jesus, and hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people what they've seen and heard, of what you've seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So Paul was able to say, you think you're a bad person? I persecuted Christians. I got the assist in their murder. You think you're far from God? I ravaged the church. But let me tell you about the day that God offered me grace. About the day God offered to wash my sins away. 
And when he stood before people in all of their sin, you think there was power in him being able to say, here's who I was, and here's what God offered me? Of course there was, because that was his story, unimaginable grace. And Paul changed the world because of his story. He used his story over and over again in the Bible to help people take their first steps toward Jesus. It was his most powerful tool to help others. Something he thought about a lot and stayed centered in was his own life story, and he found opportunities to share that with others. So to be crystal clear, Paul knew who he was before Jesus, and he knew how his life changed with Jesus, and he knew if he could articulate what that change looked like, he could help other people in their experiences Take their steps with God. I want you to take a look at Michelle Fetty's story. And hopefully we can begin to see how we can use our story to make an impact. My life has never been without Jesus. When I was little, um, <coughs> I had a great aunt myself that was the piano player in our church. And we were all always in love with Jesus until I hit my teenage years. So I always knew it, but then I drifted away from um, my faith. We have addictions in my family. So I was out partying and having fun. and. I got married and I got divorced and, you know, all the things that happen when you don't necessarily have the ability to make good decisions. So I kind of feel like there was just this slot of my life where I lost track. Um, and it, it just, it, it's easy to forget at this point because everything's so much better. Um, the things that I do in life now are purposeful where they weren't purposeful at all before. Actually, when I think about how I came back to um, following and, and listening and turning over control to back to Christ, um, it's kind of a big circle in my life. After the time that I was married and then I became divorced, I started looking for a church again. One day, my niece, who was attending Polaris at the time with her family, called me and said, Hey, Aunt Michelle, I'm getting baptized. Could you come and watch me be baptized? And I'm like, well, yeah. And coming to watch her get baptized, I've never missed a Sunday since unless I was sick or out of town because I walked into here and it was what I was looking for. Um, it's not about religion, it's about faith. It's about a community. I came in here to see my niece get baptized. And unfortunately, her life took a funny turn, a bad turn, and her children ended up without a place to be. Um, and when I knew that that was going to happen, um, I struggled. And I can tell you firsthand that when God wants you to do something, he does speak to you. You hear it. You feel it. And I went, no, no, I'm not capable of doing this. God, I never wanted to have children. God, I planned my life without children. Um, and he said, I don't care. <laughs> so now you'll see Jenna and Christopher with me, and they live with me now. And um and you'll see their mom sitting with me in church sometimes and, and we're trying to heal. And I guess that's the thing with 
coming back to your faith is learning to heal. This is just a big circle because my great aunt was my influence in my faith and she laid the foundation for me. And now Jenna and Christopher's great aunt, which is me, I feel like I was raised to be in this place because of my great aunt Colleen who did wonders for my faith. But I'm learning about being able to love deeper and learning to be patient and learning to turn over control to God. And it's amazing because I don't think I could be a whole person if he hadn't taken me down this path with these particular people. I remember um, the sermon when Alex was talking about, you know, different sorts of ministry and um, people going on long distance ministries. I'm like, I mean, it wasn't a question. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I want to do that. But yeah, Haiti was cool. Um, once we got there, it was great because I got to work in a school. The school system in Haiti, in that area of Haiti, is horrible. Um, they they are not funded, but at least um, through this ministry, they were able to offer at least one meal a day to the kids. They are learning. They learn both English and um, they speak um, Haitian Creole. Um, and they have the opportunity the school system that's set up there um, takes them through kindergarten and all the way into Bible college if they choose to go that route. So I'd go back in a minute. I may be going back. I've got a couple people around church now that are asking me if I'm going back because they want to go. So that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Ironically, Michelle drives a Volvo... Right? What's that? Oh, oh, okay. One of those. One of those. Um, but her life is about so much more than the acquisition of a car. And, and when you hang around Michelle, um, she is more than willing to use her story, not to say, look at what I did, but look at God and what he can do. I remember spending some time in the hallway with Michelle and someone else who was going through a divorce at the time, and, and Michelle just, like, launched you cannot be defined by this one part of your life. And it was like, here's my story. Here's what God did. And she was using that, and I've seen that before. And there's tremendous power when people are willing to use their story. And so what I want to say to you is, I, I know that it can be tempting to say, man, well, it's personal. It's, it's, it's personal, what my... But man, it, there is so much power in what God has done through you and through your failures... And through your past, I want you to be aware of, of the pain equation in this. Because I think one of the ways that God works most prevalently is through pain. And I'm not saying he causes it, but I see him use it. The anvil is where God does his best and most lasting work. And these painful things that happen, whether they're caused by God or not, if we let him, he uses them to produce real and lasting change. And in whether that pain comes from an external circumstance or from our own sin and bad choices, if we are willing to lower our pride and say, here's where I messed up, or here is something awful that happened to me, and this is how I saw God work in it, there is so much power for encouragement and change that comes from that. Don't let those bad things happen in vain. Let God use them to produce change and growth in other people too. It just doesn't do anybody good for us to clam up and keep that stuff.
private. I also want to encourage you to be aware of, of what, if you engage in the family of God and find comfort in that, and I hope you do, be willing to share that because I promise you that everybody everywhere is trying to find the kind of friendships and love and community that's available. And they don't know if you don't tell them where you find it. And I can think of a whole list of places that people go to try to find that that they just ain't going to get it. And they may never think because of their past bad experiences to look for a church again. But you could be that connecting point because of your experience. So use those things. I, I, I really want all of you, and I know that God does, I know that Jesus does, to be in the game, so to speak. To do more than just come on a Sunday and go. To do more than just serve with your hands, but to actually use your story to speak into the lives of other people. So, the challenge this week is to think through, who was I before Jesus? How has my life changed? How has God used pain to help me? How has God brought me comfort and hope and community through the church and think of ways you can articulate that and even practice that. And then the scary step, pray and look for opportunities. And when conversationally those opportunities come about, take the step. Because all you're really doing is sharing your story. If you think about it like this, you can, you can try to, you know, through facts, like be one of the great defenders of the Bible um, or, or the great defenders of God. But for the most part, you're going to lose those discussions even if you win. But nobody can say anything about your story because that's your story. And so you start from there, and it's true because it's your story. It's just a matter of you deciding, I'm going to use it to make a difference, and I hope you'll do that. All right, we're going to do one more song, and I want to invite you to stand, and um, I'm going to pray and use this song to talk with God about his activity and to listen to God, uh, his activity in your life, and maybe think through some places, uh, some people that are ready for your story. Father, I want to pray right now that as we sing this to you, um, we would do so um, introspectively, listening. Pray that you would speak and maybe even bring some faces to mind. We think about, we contemplate your involvement in our life. Where do you want us to take your story? Speak to us now in Jesus' name.